Hi, this is John Carlson. Caps fans, don't forget to catch the Caps This Morning podcast every weekday morning on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The preseason road finale for the Capitals tonight in Boston. Our Metropolitan Division previews continue this morning with the Carolina Hurricanes. TV play-by-play voice Mike Maniscalco will join us. And the Caps make roster cuts down to just one session at training camp starting this morning. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, October 6th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. We should have an update later today on Martin Ferravari. That may be the big news of the day. Ferravari left Monday's game at New Jersey with what the team is calling an upper body injury. Fingers crossed it's nothing too serious. Capitals getting back to one session of practice today. No more two sessions because there aren't enough players. On the off day yesterday, Capitals announced the team reduced the number in camp down to just 27 now, four away from the NHL-mandated 23-man roster limit. That'll be finalized early next week. Cuts include Alex Alexiev, Toby Geiser, Brian Pino, Alexei Protus, Mike Scarbosa, and Mike Vecchione. Three of the aforementioned, Pino, Scarbosa, and Vecchione, all have to pass through waivers. Should know by noon today if everyone clears, should that happen. All players assigned yesterday will report to AHL Hershey. All right, so we continue our tour of the Metropolitan Division this preseason here on Caps this morning. And today we take a good look at a team we didn't see last season, the Carolina Hurricanes. And happy to have with us Mike Maniscalco, the television voice from Bally Sports South. I got to get used to saying that, but I bet you do too. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I I had a a couple of reps last year. So just remember, it's Bally Sports. The S is on sports and not on Bally's, as we've, uh, I think, been accustomed to saying throughout the years. Well, there you go. So I'm already wrong and we just got rolling. So thank you. Oh, you're fine. (laughs) And we have have like a fine jar. So, you know, I don't want to tell you what, what I have put into that, but we... When we're all allowed to really gather again, there's going to be a great end-of-season party with the money in there. I hope the Capitals guys are invited, so uh, thank you for that, Mike. But I appreciate this. It's been way too long, and the reason is obvious. Uh, Carolina not part of the division last year, so I guess just for openers, how excited are you to be back in the Metro? Uh, I think it's great because, for my money, it's the best division in hockey. I mean, you go top to bottom. I know that there are a couple of teams that are trying to figure it out and, and maybe go through a rebuild, but you look at the teams that are in there, and, and I think some of the rivalries that were really starting to blossom the, the past few years. I was happy there was hockey last season, John. I think we all were, no matter how they had to jerry-rig the divisions to get it done. The Central treated the, the Canes very well. They won the division, so that was a, a good thing. But just to get back and, and play the caps and get into that rotation again with the, the New York teams and get back to it I think it's going to be good for everybody despite a decent amount a good amount of regular season and playoff success dating back to beating the Caps in 2019 there's a ton of roster change this summer for Carolina Dougie Hamilton we've already seen in New Jersey this preseason goalies changing Morazic gone Nedeljkovic gone Reimer gone Warren Fogle gone Brock McGinn gone and there's been a lot of guys that have gone out the door who were a part of that success that are now in the process of being replaced Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things, John. And remember, the Caps went through this where you get to a certain point and how long do you keep a core together or how long do you keep the group together? Well, the the real core of the Hurricanes 
is still there. When we're talking about Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravine, and uh, Andrei Svechnikov, who they got locked up to a long-term deal. Uh, losing Dougie Hamilton in the production that he had on the blue line, there, there's not one guy who can step up and, and do what Dougie did. But that comes down to the money that he got from Jersey. The Hurricanes have to be mindful because they have to pay players like Andrei Svechnikov. Marty Natchez is going to be coming up for a deal at the end of this season. There are a few other players they have to address. And what this team actually did and for the 15 seasons I've been around them, I missed the cup by two years. But this is the deepest this team has been from one through 13 or 14 on the forwards and now one through eight on the defense. Goaltending, I just take a look. I know that the proof is always in the pudding with the goaltending, but Freddie Anderson looked really good in his first preseason game, stopping 36 of 37. Auntie Ranta had a real good quote today as he met with the media or yesterday uh, as we're talking about this. And his line was basically, look, if I was a, a rookie, Letting in seven goals in a preseason game is not very good. But as a veteran, you go and you look at the tape and see some things. So there are a lot of changes, but I think that this group kind of looked, okay, we've gotten this far. What do we need to do to get over that edge? I think we saw Tampa Bay do that three years ago when they lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets, that first round sweep. They kind of identified we need to change up the mix a little bit. And that's when they went out and get a Barkley Goodrow and got a Blake Coleman, who are no longer there now, as we know. But I think the Canes looked at their roster and said, what were we missing? And identified those pieces, you know, bringing in a veteran like Derek Stepan to play on the fourth line in those minutes. Stefan Nason's looked really good. I don't know if he makes the opening night lineup, but he adds a little bit of grit. Josh Lavo, who they brought in adds a little bit more toughness up front. You look at what they've done there. Then, of course, the Kokanyemi deal. I'm sure you might have some questions for me on that. Uh, happy to answer them. But they, they wanted to add a dangerous forward to put in that top six mix. They get a 21-year-old who was a third overall pick in, in 2018, and he has looked pretty good. And then on defense, you know, you looked at that top four that they had with Slavin and Hamilton and then Pesci and Shea. The bottom pairing was was fine in the regular season, but I think they took took a big look at how Boston and Tampa took advantage on that that five six pairing that they had. And it's nothing against you know Yanni Hockenpah and Jake Bean who were here last year, or Hayden Flurry before, or Trevor Van Riemsdyk who you guys have. Who TVR is is just one of those guys who wherever you put him, he comes through. And that was a big loss, I think, for the Canes you know last year in the playoffs because of how steady he is. So they were looking to get steady again, and that's what they've done. You go out, you have to trade Warren Fogle. Sorry, Caps fans, you won't be able to boo him in a Hurricanes jersey. you got to wait for the Oilers to come to town. <laughs> but you bring in Ethan Bear. You bring in Ian Cole, who all he does is eat pucks on penalty kills and, and block shots. And then I know Tony D'Angelo, there's a, a lot around that, but uh, this is a guy who I think he knows his role with his team, where he's going to play, and, and what his abilities can be. So – if he goes in and can be the guy in New York who put up 50 points in a season and help a power play, you know, the Canes are going to be a team that, that likes where they're at. I think when we get to the postseason. Appreciate that insight on TVR too. And the coaching staff here has said, you know, he's just never had a chance to be in that top six, but he's a top six guy. And hearing that from where he came from in Carolina, 
that is valuable intel for sure. Yeah. All right. So we got to talk about Jesperi Kotkaniemi because this is one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. I think it makes Carolina a better team. I certainly understand the way the contract was structured. There was the hockey operations side of this deal. And then there was the social media side of this deal. And the Carolina social media people absolutely nailed this. The switching of the Twitter profile to French, doing the release in French, the quote, which you have to have. Yes, I know it's a hockey deal. And I know that when Don Waddell was asked about it, it's like, look, we were, this isn't, we didn't do this for revenge. I do believe that. But I also know the GM has to sign off of the fact when he says, yeah, you can use the same quote Bergevin did when they signed to sign off two years ago. I think that might've been my favorite part of the whole thing. This is a great addition. Good young player with speed. Carolina's already the fastest team in this division. There's nobody even close. I don't think adding this piece to the puzzle from a hockey standpoint, I think makes Carolina better and it puts them in a better chance to try and win this division. Um, I'm glad you said that, John, because that really, when you boil it down, all of the extracurriculars and my favorite thing outside of the Don Waddell green lighting. Okay. This is the, the quote, the $20 signing bonus is the chef's kiss. <laughs> that is the, um, and that's where, when people ask, Oh, well, is, was this a revenge move? No, you don't sign a player to a $6 million contract for one year out of revenge. You sign that deal because you think this player is going to make your team better. All of the things that you listed about what he brings to the party. And I really think in Montreal, John, when you're drafted in the top three to places like Montreal and Toronto, you're expected to be an all-star the second your skate blades touch the ice in that town. And I think there was a lot of pressure on, on Jesperi. He can come into Carolina just play. Rod Brendamore is going to move him out to the wing so he doesn't have the responsibilities of being a centerman. And I think we forget he is just 21 years old. But that move came down to the Canes tried to swing a deal. They tried to make a trade before the offer sheet. Montreal wasn't you know, party to it. They didn't want to make a trade. So the Canes identified that they wanted this player. Montreal knew that. And for once, somebody actually used an offer sheet the correct way. It's, it's To me, it's like poker if you're this GM. I'm going to put you and make you forced to, to put all of your chips in the middle of the table. And you then have to decide, we're going to do this or we're going to walk away from it. You know, I'll wait for the next hand. That's how the offer sheet should work. I'm, I'm actually happy. By the way, we had things in the summertime to talk about, which that also is a good thing for hockey. I really think that if we're going to go big picture, that was great. But this was a deal of a player they identified. I know that the money for one year for his production. That's what everybody is pointing to. Well, why would you do that? They wanted the player and they forced the, the Montreal Canadiens to make a decision. Do we match that? Because they're in salary cap trouble. They couldn't really give that deal to Coach Kenyemi and, you know, try to fill out the rest of their roster. So it was a smart play by the Canes. It, it cost them a first and a third. Well, I, I know that. And I know that Montreal has turned around and got Christian Dvorak, but they got a player they want who is going to make them better. And oh, by the way, the Canes have had a lot of success with Finnish players. I know you know that, but guys like Aho, Tara Vinen, and now Kokaniemi, he can come in. He's got players that he's played with, guys that he knows. And the Canes have had a pretty good pipeline of uh, Finnish players as well, like Tuomo Rutu and Yusi Jokinen before that. And, and you know, <laughs> Yoni Pitkinen, they had a ton of guys where they just had success, but they identified this. And I thought that, for once, an NHL team with an offer sheet did it the right way because they really forced the team that had to sign it. Because when Montreal, and this goes back to Montreal with Ajo, that 
is not why the Canes did this. If anything, Montreal did Carolina a favor with the Ajo deal because that that's a pretty favorable contract if you look at the player that Sebastian's turning into. Montreal could have made it hard and say, all right, we're going to pay him where you either have to think that he's a superstar or you take our four first-round picks, whatever it'll be. You know, it wasn't a huge cost to do this, and, and I think he'll fit in, and he'll probably play in a couple of different roles. Um, he's been used with Vincent Trocek early. You know, it's it's camp, so take what you will out of seeing camp, how many training camp heroes have we seen, but he's looked good there. He'll probably end up playing with Jordan Stahl for a little bit just because of how defensively responsible Jordan is, but everything that went around it was great and great talking points and great for us to – get a little worked up over and certainly the Canadian media. I know they never get excited over things, but it was, it was great for that. But at the end, this was a good hockey move for the hurricanes because of the player that he can be. And that's why they did it. So the theme of all of this, and this is probably a good way to bring it full circle, Rod Brennamore, coach of the year last year. So many stories written about Carolina players talking about how much they love playing for him. I loved, you know, whether it was in, in the playoffs a few years ago. I mean, he's always wanted to downplay. I, I love the quote uh, playing against Washington. He's like, you know what? Coaching's really not that big a deal. Like, I mean, you know, what did the players go out and do it? Here's a guy who was such a good player and he just, he takes it seriously, obviously, but just the attitude he brings to it. But here's what he's got to do here, Mike and this is where I'll leave it with you, is knowing how to get all of these guys assimilated under one roof has to be a big challenge. When you have that many guys walk out the door, you got so many new faces. I think I read that last year, Jesper Faust was it, which by the way, I thought that was a tremendous pickup. I think Stefan's going to be the same thing. You get some of that veteran leadership in there. That can only help. But you got a lot to assimilate if you're Rod Brindamore into this lineup and in through this preseason into the regular year. That's a much bigger task than it's been at any other time in his coaching career. No, absolutely. And, and he even pointed to that, John, is that's his biggest concern right now of how do you get everybody right away pulling the rope in the same direction? But what what has happened is if you're around and we've heard this before, but if you're around Rod Brindamore, you understand why he captained the team to the Stanley Cup. You'll understand why the Hurricanes went from the longest drought in the NHL of missing the playoffs to now they're a you know consecutive playoff team people are picking them to be in the top of the division or the top of the conference with what they do and and it's his personality and it's what he demands of the players that are there and then the players in the room pick up on that and so I think there's enough where he doesn't have to go into the room and say stuff he's got his captain now in Jordan Stahl and Sebastian Ajo who they've been around him for enough time that they kind of control the room and they knew what they were were bringing in and all of the free agents Every one of them, John, when we've talked to them and had the opportunity. So, you know, why did you pick Carolina? You know, you had other options. Uh, when I talked to Rod Brindamore, I knew this is where I wanted to play. To a man. That's what wow. David said. So it's the force of his personality. I'm with you. I, I just love how he is so self-deprecating when it comes to coaching. And there's, uh, you know, coaching is not that big of a deal. It's, it's, it's really the players. But what he does is he gets the, the team to buy in you know that's the biggest key. You've got to get every guy on the roster to feel important, to feel like they're part of it, but they got to buy in. And sometimes you're going to ask a goal scorer to to play a different role. And for Rod, he's done all of those things. You know, he was a captain of a cup team. He's been an all-star. He's played in the Olympics. He's played for Team Canada. Then he finished his career as a fourth-line guy. And, you know, he didn't, didn't like it, but he did it. And so he can go to everybody in the room and say, this is what I need from you. And they, you know, they can look at him. He's like, I did it. So here's why. 
and the buy-ins there. But there will be, and it is a genuine concern of when you bring in so many new faces, how quick do you get it to mesh? And I, I think if the Canes get off to, if we're saying like a 500 start for October, it's going to be trying to find the right mix of, I like this guy playing as the head coach. I like this guy or this duo better. And you're going to see some stuff like that, but it's a concern, but I think that there's enough character in the room, character of the guys, like you mentioned, you bring in a step on, you have a Fost. That's a good room. So they'll be able to put some of the things that might sidetrack a team with all those changes early, probably put them into the closet for a while and, and get it going. And, it's a good team right now. As I said, they're, they're pretty deep. They're pretty competitive and they all know why they're there and their head coach is there to remind them. And he is, he should get way more credit than what he does. I'm glad he won the Jack Adams. It's funny. that was brought up. He goes, yeah, I won that. Didn't I? I forgot about that. You should. Okay. Right. Sure. Um, but he, he will never take the credit. He gives it all to the players and all to everybody else. And I think that's a big reason why the, the turnaround has happened so quick because he got everybody to buy in that it's the guy next to you, not just you, that, that has to be important for you when you play. It's a team that we will be watching all season long in this division for head-to-head meetings between Carolina and Washington this season. Mike, thanks for joining us. John, thanks for having me. Great to, uh, great to talk to you again. It's going to be great to actually see you again. It's, it's, I missed our neighbors. It's like, you know, we moved to a different school for a year, and now we're back. This is where we should be. Great stuff and much appreciated from Mike Maniscalco, the TV play-by-play voice for Bally Sports South and his view of the Hurricanes. They're going to be in the mix, not just for a postseason spot in the Metro this year, but maybe even a division title. A team will certainly be keeping a close eye on as the regular season gets started next week. No radio tonight for the game in Boston. There will be TV, however, on NHL Network. Joe, Craig, yours truly, Ken Sabrin, all back in the saddle Friday and for the duration when the Capitals return home to take on Philadelphia in the preseason finale. Until then, have a great Wednesday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.